Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 376. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. This week, I'm excited to bring to you two guests, my good buddies, Cody Laughlin and Brian Alfaro. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. Morning, man. It's good to see you, buddy. Yeah, this is going to be fun. A little bit of a panel here, but uh, hey, let's just kind of start by telling us a little about who you are, what you do, how you got involved in the world of real estate investing. Cody, why don't you kick us off? Yeah. Hey, appreciate that. And thanks again for having us, Jacob. I didn't realize you had so many episodes, man. That's it's impressive. <laughs> Good job. Good job. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, my real estate journey started back in 2010 by way of accidental landlord. And, you know, if anybody remembers the real estate market during that time, it was in the dumps and had a house that me and my wife were trying to sell. We couldn't sell it. We had to put a tenant in there. And you know, that really opened our eyes to the power of having somebody else live in your home and pay the mortgage down. And around that time, I was still a W-2 employee, was studying how to invest in retirement accounts and uh, read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad Bible, as I like to jokingly say, <laughs> and the rest is history. So kind of really got the real estate entrepreneurship bug from that experience. And over the past 10 years, you know, I've really been trying to pursue that dream and Along the way, I've kind of got deterred and chased some shiny objects and went down some rabbit holes I shouldn't have gone down, but learned some great, valuable, expensive lessons along the way. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, you know, real estate's always been my passion. Made the transition to exclusive uh, multifamily focused in 2019 and have been uh, pursuing that since. And fortunate I've met John and Brian along the way and, you know, getting our company off the ground and uh, really excited about what we have going on. So that's awesome. Brian, how about yourself, man? Yeah, thanks for having us on again, Jacob. So my journey started in 2018 is when I really started focusing on real estate. Part of it came along because my wife and I were actually looking to purchase our first home. So I was picking up a bunch of, you know, how to buy a house books and, you know, they all had sections on there about real estate investing. At the same time, my business partner and another business venture, I was seeing him have some success in real estate, particularly, you know, commercial passive investing and then purchasing some shopping centers and things of that nature as well. So. I just really started digging into it. And mid-2018, I was on a trip by myself. And I think I ended up reading the same book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I uh, read uh, the ABCs of Real Estate Investing, the Advanced yeah. ABCs, you know, Ken McElroy's books, and really decided like this was a powerful tool that I wanted to take advantage of. And also really looking at you know, long-term, building long-term wealth, because everybody knows you know, real estate is definitely not a get-rich-quick scheme. And it's definitely not an overnight success story, you know, you see these people that have the time freedom and the financial freedom, and it looks like they popped up out of nowhere. But the reality is that they've been working on it for 10 or 15 years. So I started to just think about taking that journey. And I did. So 2019, you know, did probably what most people do, hopped on bigger pockets, started going to local networking meetings, just trying to absorb as much information as I can. Really love the multifamily asset class, but had very limiting beliefs at the time, I would say, you know, was telling 
myself what a lot of newer investors probably tell themselves. You know, not smart enough because I don't have a real estate background. You know, even I had a business degree and really had a passion for business, but didn't have enough money. Like, how am I going to buy this ten million dollar building? Right? I <laughs> uh, didn't know anybody in the business, so I uh, started in the single family space just because I thought it was accessible for me and my capital at the time and my mindset at the time, and did that for. 12, 18 months, give or take, and, and then really decided that it wasn't a personality match for me. I still think it's a fantastic asset class, especially you know right now, things are going crazy in the single family space. Prices are skyrocketing, but just didn't match my personality. Like I really wanted to work as a team and I felt like single family was a very you know solopreneur kind of thing. I mean, obviously you mm-hmm. can build a team, but much harder. And I really like the business model around multifamily. So late 2019, early 2020, right around the time COVID hit, honestly, which was sort of a blessing in disguise. I uh, decided to start thinking bigger and crush those limiting beliefs. And, you know, eventually I ended up meeting John, who's our third partner at Neil Bawa event. And he was here in Houston, we're all in Houston. And, uh, you know, I was at the time thinking about joining a mentorship group, and he ended up being in one that I was, you know, favoring anyway. So once I joined that group, I met Cody, you know, who's a partner with John, they had just formed Blue Oak Capital. Not too long before that. And, uh, you know, I guess you can say the rest is history. So, you know, we're all in the same market. We had uh, very similar short term and long term goals. And it didn't make sense for us to be competing against each other. We all have different skill sets as well. You know, Cody's really good at some things that I'm not good at and vice versa. And same with John. So, you know, they invited me to join the Blue Oak team, which is, has been awesome. And now we're out here, you know, chasing some multifamily deals. I love it. I've just been jotting down a few notes here. So many good things to dig into. But one thing I want to kind of ask each of you is, Tell us a little bit about your professional background, where you come from, were you born and raised in the world of real estate investing? What's that each look like for both of you? Yeah, I do have a W-2. I still maintain that. I come from the healthcare industry as a registered nurse. I've been doing that for 13 years down here in Houston, Texas. And you know, I was not born and bred from a real estate background. My father growing up had interest in the concept of real estate, but didn't know anything about it. But yeah, that was kind of the seed implanted way in the back of my mind about, you know, this idea of real estate investing, but knew nothing about it. And, you know, again, it wasn't until I became that accidental landlord where it was my first crash course understanding of exactly what real estate investing is. So Brian, how about yourself? Yeah. So I have sort of a unique situation. Me and another partner of mine, we have a another business venture. We own a couple of coffee shops here in the Houston area. So yeah, really cool. I have a hospitality background. And uh, you know, I've been in restaurants or in the hospitality field pretty much since I was 16. I have a business degree, so really love being involved with business. But same thing, you know, my parents have been lifelong renters. It's actually one of my uh, you know cheesy kind of dreams is to just buy my parents a house cash one day before they uh, you know leave this world. So and it's one of the reasons I do real estate. But yeah, nobody in my family had a real estate background, and uh, yeah, so it was definitely just trying to you know change the family tree here. I love it. Not a cheesy dream at all, man. I think it's important to have like awesome reasons why, you know, and it kind of drives you to get out of bed and obviously do what you guys are doing every day. So I'd love to see that. Let's kind of talk about the power of partnerships, the power of, you know, pulling together and chasing the kind of common goal, if you will. So talk about how that's, you know, played a role in both of your guys' journeys. Yeah, I'll take it, Cody, if you don't mind. Go ahead, I was going to say, well, I was going to give Cody a little pat on the back here, but, you know, for me personally, Man, I just, I don't think I'd be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for joining John and Cody and also being a part of, you know, a mentorship group, being around like-minded people trying to do the same thing. You know, to give you some context, you know, January, February, 2020, you know, I'm looking for a single family house that 
you know, my cash flow 150 bucks a month or something that I can yeah. buy 150k ARV. Just you know, it's really simple, right? It's March 2021, so a little over a year later, and we're working on a 240 unit and sourcing several other deals, right? So it goes without saying that you know, if you have that mindset change, that's I think I know it's cheesy, but it's one of the most important things because it's a limiting belief, right? So there's that, and then you really have to find the right partners. If you don't find the right partners and you're trying to do everything yourself. And I know Cody can probably attest to this because he was doing this solo for a while before he met John and then before he met me. And I'm sure he was still building momentum because you still can, but it's a very slow process, right? So, you know, I joined a mentorship group in June of 2020 and we're, you know, nine months later, give or take, and we're heading in the right direction. I'll just say that. So for me personally, you know, I would not want to do this alone. I know how much work it is. I see how many late nights, you know, these guys that have kids have, you know, me burning hours during the day, you know, doing my stuff too as well and and waking up super early to get stuff done. I think you definitely have to have partners to be successful in this business. Yeah, absolutely. I'll echo that, Brian, if you don't mind, because I completely agree. I mean, listen, I've got the two best partners in the world with John and Brian, and there's no way possible that I would be where we're at in my real estate journey without those guys. Because as he mentioned, you know, when I made that transition to multifamily in 2019, I was building the business from scratch. I didn't have liquidity. I didn't have a network. I didn't have a network of other people around me that were in the multifamily space, right? So I had to go and find it and build that framework. And through that, opportunities came about and was able again to meet Brian and John and whatnot. But the point being is every time that we added that layer and added that partnership and those skill sets, it just accelerated the business so much more. And I think we were, you know, mentioning to you before the show, I mean, even in our experience through 2020, through COVID, like our business didn't slow down. It accelerated even more so, you know, just because of having, you know, meeting met Brian and have him come on the team and really help us in other areas of the business where we weren't able to put as much focus to. And man, our business has excelled tremendously. So look, you have certain people out there that can do this on their own. It's not impossible. It is a lot of work and there's not enough time in the day and oh, yeah. you're, only, you're only limited to your own strengths and weaknesses, right? So I encourage people, look, if you really want to scale a business and you really want to get to a level of financial freedom from being a real estate entrepreneur, you have to have great partners. You have to. Let's talk about that time management piece. So you guys are both have your other things going. Cody, you've got a W-2. Brian, you're an entrepreneur, a business owner. You guys have other responsibilities. You don't just get to wake up and eat, sleep, breathe this stuff. I mean, you've got other responsibilities just like others do. You've got families, you've got personal life. So how do you balance all of that? And then why? Like, why why take on these extra, you know, career on top of the career you already have? Cody's got some kids, so I'll let him go first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, listen, in this business, you know, time is of the essence, right? And time is our biggest commodity. And so I think all of us are in this to gain control of that time. And I know for you know, John and I, particularly as husband and fathers, I know Brian's married and he's working on building a family himself. But when you have kids in the mix, you know, you start realizing that you want to quit trading time for money and you want to have the control of your time. So that's our motivation, right? That's our why. That's why we get up and do this every day. But it's hard, man. It is hard maintaining a W-2, maintaining the family life, being present for, you know, for the kids and the wife. And then also, by the way, trying to build a, a scalable real estate business. So how do you do that? You have to have great systems. You have to absolutely have great systems and you have to automate your processes the best you can. So that way things are working even when you're not able to, right? And this kind of piggybacks off the fact too of having great partners like Brian and 
John, that we can all divvy up the responsibilities and all have our areas of focus. But I think ultimately we approach our business and we look at every aspect and every layer of our business. And we try to figure out how can we systematize this? How can we make this efficient to where we're not spending X amount of time in this one particular bucket? We can just put it on autopilot, go, and then we can focus on doing the things that's going to grow our business. And I think that's yielded us a lot of great success so far. Yeah, well said. Brian, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, same thing. I mean, it's all about the systems and putting restraints on yourself too. There's a million different things you could be doing on any given day. Some of them are what we'll call, let's say, revenue generating tasks, either in the form of finding deals or, you know, potentially talking to investors, raising capital. And then there's just tasks, you know, things that maybe you can do, but you shouldn't be doing. Right. So, you know, that's where we have conversations internally about, you know, do we need a VA doing this? You know, who can we have on our team temporarily to kind of help us out with this task? Or is there somebody in our circle that could help us that we know? And then it just comes down to ultimately, you know, we all have the same amount of time in our day. It's the one thing we all share, right? 24 hours. So how do you spend that time, right? You know, a lot of people, they want to be successful in real estate, but, you know, maybe they're only working on it an hour or two a week, right? And if that's you, that's not anything necessarily wrong with that. Maybe you should just be a passive investor. You can still be involved in real estate. You know, if you've got the financial means to invest in real estate, but you don't have the time, that might be the best avenue for you, right? Or maybe you're investing in notes or REITs or whatever, right? So there's different ways to be involved in real estate. But when you're being active, you really have to time block is kind of, you know, the term industry term. So, you know, I'm going to be spending an hour on this. I'm going to spend 90 minutes here. I'm going to be 30 minutes on this and being disciplined with your time so that you don't get distracted. And while everybody else is sort of, uh, you know, at home watching Netflix for three or four hours or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're kind of grinding, you know, and just working as hard as we can stay focused on the tasks that we know are going to move our business forward. Yeah, yeah Brian, I'll kind of segue off that just a little bit more too. Look, sacrifices have to be made. Let's be real. If you really want to build this business and you want to really hit that mark of success in this business, as Brian just said, you're going to have to make sacrifices. That means you're going to have to miss certain events, you know, maybe a Super Bowl event or, you know, things like that. And listen, if it's important to you, you find a way, you know, eventually you just find a way. But I think for anybody that's going to come in this thinking that, oh, I'll, you know, I'll just do a couple hours here and there and whatever, you know. Like Brian said, just maybe passive investing might be the best route for you. But yeah, for yeah sure. I think it comes back to something I'll kind of tie in, Jacob. You really need a good support system to do this. And I know Cody, but if Cody's wife was not on board, he'd probably be dead by now. My wife, too, my wife probably would have killed me, you know, having these 9 30, 10 30 calls at night or you know, waking up at five, six in the morning to do stuff or, you know, taking calls right before a family dinner or during a family dinner for an investor or whatever. Like those are the sacrifices that have to be made. And if you're not willing to make those sacrifices, somebody else will, you know? Yeah, totally. I love what you guys are saying. Now, I think real estate investors generally are great utilizers of leverage. And when you, you hear the term leverage, you think maybe financial leverage, but there's more to it than that. You know, you're leveraging relationships, you're leveraging other people's expertise, you're leveraging other people's years of experience, you're leveraging all kinds of things. You guys have done that, you know, through the power of mentorships, partnerships, uh, so much more. So kind of talk about that piece, if you will. Which aspect again? Yeah, just the general kind of concept of leveraging, you know, other people's, you know, expertise from the power of mentorships, from the power of partnerships, from the power of networking, just that whole kind of encompassing leverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We referenced this earlier, right? Where this is a relationship business. Every aspect of this business is relationship driven. And as you just alluded to it, it's all about who you know, who's in your network, 
And, you know, if you're not leveraging that, you're going to find yourself dead in the water really, you know, very quickly. I mean, you're not going to be able to gain any success or momentum at all. So you have to leverage the power of those relationships and those people in your network. And then, you know, especially, you know, for those who are getting started and new, you know, having somebody like a mentor to be there as a guiding hand and be there to kind of help navigate some of these rough waters, because listen, this is not an easy journey by any means. There is a lot of ups and there's a lot of downs. There's a lot of costly mistakes that can be made. So having the power of a mentor that can be in your corner to kind of help you avoid some of those costly mistakes and errors is huge. So you absolutely have to leverage the relationships you have, you know, again, if you're going to find any level of success in this business. Yeah. Now you kind of both have alluded to, uh, you know, this is not an overnight get rich quick scheme and everybody knows that. But I think no matter what, when you first get started, you're hoping to have some kind of, you know, quick scalable kind of fruition, you know, come to light pretty quickly, right? You buy that duplex, you get that immediate cash flow. But, you know, we all know in the back of our minds, it's a slow moving thing. And Cody, for example, you've been at this thing for 10 years. Brian, you've been an entrepreneur for just as long. You guys have been making momentum, you know, kind of developing your skills and stuff. But talk about how, you know, you've just been at this for so long and now you're starting to really see some serious traction in the business. Well, I think it goes back to your comment you were making earlier about why you do the business. Like, why are you in this? It's about the motivating factor. What is your why? And I know you hear that all the time and it sounds kind of cliche, but your motivation for taking on this journey has to be bigger than just money. It can't just be, oh, I want to make X amount of dollars in passive income. That's not a big enough motivating factor. You know, again, for me and us particular, it's about our families, right? I want to give my time back to my families and have control of my time and be able to leverage my own time, my own control. So having said that, I feel like this is a long-term game. It is a slow paced game, especially in the multifamily space. Like things, it's kind of interesting because things move quick, but at the same time, they move very slow. And what people don't understand is you have to put the foundation in place before you can build the structure and putting that foundation in place, it takes time. And a lot of times you find yourself putting in work, you're doing everything you're taught to do. You know, you're going to the meetings, you're doing the networking, you're talking to brokers, you're doing all these things and you feel like, man, nothing's happening. But what you don't realize is over time, if you just do those little consistent steps every day, every day, every day, things start to converge, things start to align and opportunities start to present themselves. And that's exactly where we find ourselves today, where you know, two years ago when I started the business, again, started from nothing in the multifamily space, didn't have anything and just putting in the work every day and just little by little, little by little, you know, you plant the seed and you water it. And then like Brian said, now we're co-GPing on a 240 unit deal. We're doing a 506C raise, you know, raising a couple million dollars for that. We have a couple other opportunities down the pipeline now. And it's all of a sudden you start to see like all the work is paying off, right? So the point being is you got to put your head down you got to see the vision at the end of the tunnel and you got to keep your focus on that motivation, that big why that keeps you driving every day. Yeah, no, I love that. Brian, do you have anything to add before I kind of continue on? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of our accountability coaches in our group uh, likes to say you have to learn to enjoy the journey with real estate. You know, we all get really focused on the results, right? The, uh, how many yeah. doors do I have? How much passive income am I generating? What was my acquisition fee? Blah, 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 right? That stuff's all great. But if you're not learning to enjoy the journey, you're not going to be able to stick around in real estate because you're going to have good days where you're, everybody's high-fiving, you know, when you're selling or maybe when you're acquiring a good asset or things are going well. 
And then you're going to have some not so great days where things, you know, things are challenging, you know, with the business model. So if you're not learning to enjoy all that and learning your lessons from the good and the bad, it's going to be a really rough ride. So you know, when we had a guest on our podcast who has quite a few doors and he said, you know, what really has had made him able to stick around is just, just don't die. You know, <laughs> you wake up every good day. Advice. Yeah. I mean, not literally, but you got to keep your business going, right? You know, make good decisions, buy right. And then, you know, just let it snowball over time. And you're going to find if you're making the right choices and you're enjoying the journey along the way, you're going to find success. Yeah. You know, the biggest mistake I think people make, especially when they're first new into this is right. They go to the seminar, they go to the guru program, they hear the hoorah and they get so fired up and inspired and they feel like they're going to go home and they're going to tackle the world. Right. And so they go and they put in this massive effort in the beginning and they do that for a period of time. And then what happens is they get burnt out and they get fatigued, especially when the results don't come like that. Right. They don't happen overnight. And then that's where you see, as Brian was mentioning, people kind of start quote unquote, dying off, right? They just, they fizzle out and they're like, oh, this isn't worth it. Again, I think what people need to understand is when we talk about this idea of taking massive action, that can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. But I encourage people to think of it as taking massive action is just taking consistent action every day, right? Just doing a little bit in your business every single day. If it's making one broker phone call, if it's making one you know, networking phone call, you know, underwriting one deal, whatever the case may be, it just, you know, just one something a day is better than nothing. And if you just do that and pace yourself, it becomes a lot more manageable and you don't burn out as quickly. And then you start to realize that things happen slowly over time. Again, you're just building the foundation. So, you know, I encourage anybody that, listen, the guru programs are great. The networking meetings are great. I'm in that seat too, where, you know, you go and you get inspired, but listen, take your time, pace yourself. It's not going to happen overnight, but it can happen with consistent, actionable items every day. Oh man, such good advice, Cody and Brian. So yeah, let's take it from a perspective of a new investor, right? They look at you guys, they're like, wow, they're closing on this 240 unit deal. That's so cool. I'm going to go out and do the same thing. But it's taken you guys so long, like you said, to kind of build that foundation and just consistent, repeated daily action from a collection of people, right? Not just even an individual to get to the point to where you guys are. So I think that's a lesson for many people out there looking to get started. You see people, you know, closing deals, knocking down deals, closing on thousands of doors a year, even. And you think, yeah, I really want to get to that point. But those people have spent the time building the foundation. And it's kind of like a snowball, right? You know, you start small and you know, build up momentum and momentum. And next thing you know, it's almost unstoppable. Yep. Hey, everybody started from zero. Even like it's easy to look at those big guys and say, hey, wow, look, I want to be like that. But Guess what? If you sit down and talk to every one of them, they all started from somewhere. You know, they didn't just wake up one day and have a thousand unit portfolio. And guess what? They went through a lot of pain and, you know, struggled to get to that point. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Just it takes time. Now, if somebody's wanting to maybe get started in this world of multifamily investing, Cody and Brian, you know, what's some value that a new investor could provide to an experienced syndication team like your guys's or someone else? It's a great question. And I think it's probably, it's a broad answer because everybody carries a different skill set, right? You have people that are out there that are great networkers and can bring a group of people together. Maybe they can raise capital. Other I. people, e. Brian. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, or it could be you know people that are very analytical and they're very good with finance and numbers, and they can do some underwriting. I think it's it varies just depending on what your skill set is. But I think the most important thing is number one, you got to get yourself out there and you got to tell people what you're doing. And you have to network, right? You have to build your network around you. And 
sit at the dinner table with these guys that, you know, are doing what it is that you want to do, you know? And I think that's the biggest start is really just building out your network. And then from there, figuring out, again, what is your skill set and how do you want to leverage that, you know? Yeah, I would echo the same thing. If you're, especially if you're coming from another asset class, like single family, it's very common in that space that you're sort of a, a jack of all trades, I guess you can say. In multifamily, I don't think you really want to be. There's not enough time in the day to be a jack of all trades. Maybe if you've been doing it for 30 years and you've worn all the hats, maybe. But you know, for a newer investor, there's so many aspects of the business. And if you're trying to add value to somebody's experience, you need to figure out what your particular skill set is in the space. And I would encourage people to focus on what they're already good at. If you're really, really bad at networking and you have a hard time talking to people, you should probably not be raising capital. It's just not, it doesn't mean you can't be a multifamily. It's just not for you. Maybe you're the underwriter. Maybe you're good at talking to brokers or maybe you're good at asset management. You're good at building systems and holding people accountable to them, right? There's different jobs or different hats you can wear in the multifamily space. And when you're getting started, I would encourage people to, you can maybe dip your toe in each one and kind of learn about them because you definitely want to, you know, know a little bit about each one of them, but figure out where your skill set is. And that's where you can really focus on sharpening your saw, sharpening your knife. So that when you run into somebody at these networking events that Cody's talking to, when you're putting yourself out there, you don't have to be asking people like, what can I do for you? Or how can I join your team? It's like, look, my name's Brian. Here's what I'm good at. If you need somebody, call me. You know, if you need somebody in this space, I'd love to be a, you know, keep the conversation open, be a part of the team potentially. So that way they're not having to guess. You know, if a deal comes across their desk, tomorrow and they're like, man, we really need somebody in this market who's good at asset management. Oh yeah, that guy, Brian, I just met him on a Zoom meeting last week. He's in that market and he loves asset management. Let me give him a call. And that's how things start to sort of form over time. So yeah, that would be my piece of advice to a new investor is just figure out what you're going to focus on and try to get really good at it. Man, I love that, Brian. That's really good advice. Rather than approaching it like, hey, I'll do anything. Just call me and I'll, you know, drive you around or I'll underwrite deals or whatever. Rather than like lead with, hey, I'm really good and I like this one thing. So if that comes up, call me, right? Yeah. Well, back to your question. I mean, listen, that's a great example of exactly what not to do. Because when you're working with these people that are experienced, that have track records, that don't have a lot of time, you just saying, hey, call me and I'll do whatever you want to do they're not going to give you a time of day. Like that's not a value add. You know, you have to be very specific and targeted in your approach and be very well defined in what your skill set is and how you can add that value to them. And that's an important takeaway. So don't, please don't do that. Don't go up and shake somebody's hand and say, man, call me. I'll get your coffee. (laughs) You basically just wrote yourself off as don't call that guy ever again. So (laughs) yeah. Well, let's talk about how you guys formed your partnership with Blue Oak Capital. I'm sure you guys have complementing skills. You're probably not the exact same person across the board. So tell us like, you know, your roles and responsibilities and how you guys kind of collectively came together. Yeah, you know, the, the evolution of the business has been really, really fun to look back on because again, you know, I started 2019 and, you know, I really just started following the framework of some of the other industry leaders in the space and started networking, put together a newsletter and, you know, started a meetup. And I was like, okay, I've got to build some type of thought leadership platform and build a network. And through that, I met, I found an opportunity to work on a partnership group on a deal that was in another market. And that's a whole nother story for another day, but was raising capital for that deal and raised absolutely zero dollars. So again, another great podcast episode for you on that one. But (laughs) through that experience, I met John and John was a passive investor at the time. He'd been passive investing for five years. 
And he was looking to become active. And in our conversations, he saw what I was doing, the kind of framework that I was trying to build, but, and he wanted to piggyback off that, right? So, and I say that loosely, but he saw an opportunity to kind of align and say, look, Cody, you have more time and you've already got these pieces in place. I don't have a lot of time, but I have this type of value I can add. And it was a great fit. And I was like, yeah, that's perfect. So that's how we kind of got aligned. We started analyzing deals together. We started doing property tours together, really enjoyed working with one another. So we launched Blue Capital, right? And so we started combining efforts, started really focusing on the areas that we needed to, to build the business. Again, I was going out networking. I was still trying to find deals. John was working on his aspect of the business. And what we found was, is like, you know, all the different moving parts and all the different moving pieces they all needed their own specific attention and focus, right? Because if you're out here doing this piece and you're only one or two people, well, then this one aspect of the business was getting left behind. And so along came Brian, who John met through, again, the Neil Bawa bootcamp. And coincidentally, we were all based here in Houston. We were all, we had joined the Jake and Gino mentorship program in February last year. I think, Brian, you joined midway through the year. And, you know, it was kind of like, oh, cool. There's some alignment there. Let's sit down and talk about you know, Brian's skill set and background and coming from the hospitality space, the retail space, and having that business operational side as well as marketing piece. You know, we were very transparent. I think Brian with you kind of where we were at in the business and where we felt we needed help at. And Brian was able to come in and identify those areas as well. And it was like, hey, listen, I can come in and help you do this. And then we could continue on that. So that's really how it kind of evolved. And so what ended up happening is is when we got Brian involved, Brian definitely helped to take over our investor relations marketing aspect of our business. And then while I was still working on building out the broker relations, the deal funnel, the deal flow, and underwriting and such like that. So that's kind of how our responsibilities have been divided up. And that's just been the evolution. And like I said, it's really cool to talk about it going back and just seeing where starting from ground zero to now, it's just been a fun process. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's Really cool to look back on, I'm sure, and just kind of see how your business has grown. And you guys are really, you know, just now kind of getting started. You guys are really starting to get some traction and you're active in the marketplace. In fact, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your business these days. Yeah, man, we got a really exciting opportunity. You know, just like everybody else, it's been a tough time to be in the market, right? Where it's very aggressive. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of competition out there and a lot of liquidity that you're competing against. And as you mentioned, I mean, look, I've been working on broker relations and deal flow for the past two years, and it's started out slow and definitely picked up. And then COVID hit and that kind of put everything on pause. But nonetheless, I mean, you know, we've still been very active in sourcing on acquisitions, but we found that it's been a challenge. I mean, you know, especially in our markets we're in, what Brian, we're one of 30 offers every time we submit an offer, you know, and, you know, in today's market, listen, especially in the commercial real estate space, if the real opportunities are they're going to the guys that have track records, right? They're going to the guys that have closed transactions and can prove their success. And so for us this year, we were like, look, we're going to continue to source on opportunities, but we've also built this very extensive network with a lot of great relationships. Why don't we try to find a way to align with some of the successful operators in our space that are getting access to better opportunities? Let's go add that value to them and let's partner with them. And so what ended up happening is we have a great sponsorship team that's here present in Houston. And he had several 400, 600 units under contract. And you know, we approached him and said, listen, here's the value that we can bring. Can we just come on and be a part of your team on this particular asset and partner with you and align with you that way? 
And here we are again, we have a 240 unit deal in North Houston here that we're doing a 506C raise for and uh, really, really excited about it. In addition to some of our other um, deal flow that we're sourcing right now. So, And real quick, is that sponsor you're alluding to Georgia Abreu by chance? Mr. Jorge Abreu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. the audience should be familiar with George. He was a podcast guest on episode 372, just four episodes ago. So <laughs> that name sounds familiar. That's why. <laughs> Yeah, man. Great guy. I've known George for about 18 months now. Met him in a networking event in Dallas. And that's kind of how that relationship built. And, you know, we've been engaging in various different platforms over the past couple of years, really have just watched his momentum grow. And again, I mean, this dude, it seems like every other week he was locking up another deal and had over 1,200 units here in Houston. And it was, you know, being able to have that relationship with him and that dialogue with him to open the doors and approach him and say, look, you know, Jorge, we call him George, but uh, you know, George, here's what we can do for you and your team. Is that something of value to you? And he gave us an opportunity and here we are. So that's another, you know, advice that I would give to those out there. Like you said, you know, the newer guys in the space, I mean, you know, find that value add and really bring that to those guys, especially right now, if you have the ability to raise capital, I mean, I'll just, I'll be candid. I mean, when you're approaching these highly successful individuals, they really don't need a whole lot of value add, but the one thing that does speak in value is capital and equity. So if you have that skill set and you have that ability or you have that access to capital, you can find some really good opportunities to leverage that and build some partnerships off that and find your footprint to getting started that way. Yeah, awesome. Guys, this has been a fun conversation. We could probably keep it going for our all morning, but uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. We end every episode with our famous lightning round. I say famous like it's famous. If I say it long <laughs> enough, maybe it'll become famous. But anyways, yeah. lightning round, just a quick hitting series of questions we like to fire at you. Are you guys up for it? Let's do it. All right. Yeah, I'll fire the same question at both of you. First one is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then how did you personally overcome that? Brian, how about we start with you there? For me, I know most people probably think it's always money, but it's actually mindset. Mm-hmm. Again, super cheesy. I'm over here just saying a bunch of cheese today, but no, man, I true. love it. <laughs> you know, it really is true. It's the mindset that you can't do something. You're just constantly telling yourself, like, I can't do that. I can't do that. How am I going to do that? I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. So just having that mindset shift, you know, even if you're doing single family and, you know, taking that first leap of faith on that first single family or that first duplex or whatever it ends up being. You just have to change your mindset that it can be done, you know, and like I said, go out there and just crush those limiting beliefs. So I would say that was my personal biggest hurdle. I love it. Cody, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I I hate to copy Brian, but I'm going to echo that sentiment as well, because it is, it's been mindset the whole way. I mean, when I first started, I was looking at smaller assets because I knew about syndication, but didn't think I was ready for it. And then when I had an opportunity, again, as I alluded to in 2019 to partner with some guys, I was doing a capital raise, failed miserably at that capital raise. And, you know, there was a little bit of a gut punch there, but, you know, had to get over that mental hurdle of saying, no, you need to go back and figure out what you did wrong and learn from it and get better at it. And in every step of the way, it's just been getting over those mental barriers and now sky's the limit. So I love it. Do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success, Brian? For me, I would say I do really like to exercise. So at least four days a week, five if possible. I'm an early morning guy. So I like being at the gym. I like, you know, five in the morning, six in the morning, that kind of thing, if possible. So that just, you know, gives you that time that kind of, I don't need to think about coffee. I don't need to think about real estate. I'm just kind of doing me decompressing. 
you know, whether I'm running or doing weights or whatever. So I would say it's a good thing for me because it just makes me feel better. Like I, I just feel more energized when I have the time to exercise and my mind's clear. So that's, I would say that's my big habit. Coffee is literally the only thing I can think of at five in the morning. So <laughs> <laughs> Cody, how about yourself? Man, you got to quit going to Brian first because he keeps stealing all my things here. But again, that to echo, I mean, yes, fitness is huge. I love being out there outdoors and being involved in different extracurricular activities. I love playing men's softball. If I have time, I love doing terrain racing, which is really, really cool. It's both mentally and physically challenging, which is, I think, an applicable lesson to learn in life. But I love being in the gym. That's really my second home away from home. Although here as of late, haven't had a lot of time to go. So, <laughs> but. Listen, you have to take care of yourself just as much as you have to take care of everybody else. And you have to have your mind right. You have to have your body right if you're going to be successful day to day. So cool. There we go. Cody, we'll lead off with you on this one. Do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day to day? Ooh. Yeah. Go to Brian next. Go to Brian. On that. <laughs> There's so many out there. You know, if you're just getting started in real estate, I like to tell people that, you know, bigger pockets can be a tremendous resource. For sure. uh, once you build some momentum, you know, I find myself on there less and less, not in a bad way, but. I would say just find, you know, if you're in single family or you're in multifamily or in retail or whatever it is, find an online platform that's delivering quality news, you know, whether it's a BizNow or, you know, CBRE or commercial real estate thing that can drop into your email every day. Um, just go sign up for all of them so that I think one of the keys to success in this business is you have to understand what's going on in the market, even if it's not your market, like what's going on nationally with commercial real estate, with multifamily, with rents, with vacancies. So staying educated, what's going on from a news standpoint that would be something, but I don't have like a go-to one, I would say. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that was a tough one. It's a good question. It's a tough one, but to echo and piggyback off Brian, you know, also subscribing to the brokerage lists out there, the, mm -hmm. you know, Marcus and Millichap, CBRE, those guys put a lot of great market data on a monthly, quarterly basis that can keep your finger on the pulse. And so uh, I would highly recommend subscribing to those as well. Yeah, great recommendations. Cody, we'll give you another shot. What book would you recommend to the listeners and why before Brian steals your <laughs> book recommendation? <laughs> So I've been on this one for a while. Again, I'm so embarrassed to say this because I've been chipping away at this book for forever and I need to finish it. But The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, back to Brian's point, I think you have to have a great morning routine. I think if you win the morning, you win the day. And so if you have those good habits in the morning, right when you get out of bed, you have a good routine and it really will change the outcome of your day. So that's the one I highly recommend to people right now. Brian, how about yourself? I would say one of my favorite books that really was a paradigm shift, a mindset shift for me at a younger age. I believe I read it when I was either 22 or 21 was uh, Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. It has nothing to do with real estate or necessarily business in particular, but it really talks about just developing your mindset and shifting your paradigm to how you respond to challenges in life and different elements of life and you know, sharpening the saw, constantly getting better. So if anybody's looking to just work on their mindset and, you know, read like a self-help book so they can be better, you know, in their head, that's one of my favorite books. I try to reread it once a year. Love it. Guys, last question in the lightning round is my favorite question. If you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you tell 20-year-old Cody, 20-year-old Brian? 20-year-old Cody, I would tell you, stay focused, stay disciplined, and stay patient. You know, again, I found myself chasing some shiny objects, any and everything. If it shined, I was like, ooh, yes, there's money to be made and go for it. And, you know, again, I learned a lot of expensive, hard lessons along the way. So I'm actually still paying for it now. But, <laughs> you know, I think through those lessons, you learn some of your most important, you know, value add lessons. So, point being is stay disciplined, stay focused, 
And again, just it's a long-term game. Just be patient. Yeah. For me, I would tell 20-year-old me, get started now, you know, if possible. Cody and I have met some really, really cool young guys that are 19, 20, 21, still in college that are getting involved in multifamily, getting involved in commercial real estate. They don't have any money, and but they're finding other ways to add value to people, right? So just going out there, I would tell myself like, look, you know, don't let that stop you. The fact that you're still in college or, you know, you don't have the liquidity or whatever, just start reading, start finding a way to add value to people because this business takes a while to get going. It could take you two, three, four, five years to really start building really good momentum. But imagine, you know, where you would be at when you're 30 or when you're 35 or when you're 40 to be able to say like, I'm 35, but I've been doing this for 15 years, right? You probably have a tremendous, you know, amount of success and definitely some more stories too. So I would tell myself, you know, don't wait, get started. I love it. Well, guys, hey, this has been a fun conversation. You guys are super inspirational, very down to earth, relatable to, I think, many people out there listening who maybe just want to get started investing in this multifamily space, whether that's, you know, larger multifamilies through syndication like you guys are doing or just going out and buying that duplex, right? I think there's something to be had for everybody from this conversation. So thanks so much for your time today. I know you guys are actually doing a lot on other fronts. You have a podcast, you have a virtual meetup group, hence 2020. COVID and all that good stuff. You guys have your multifamily syndication groups. Tell us about where people can learn more, connect with you, all that good stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Yeah. Check us out. Uh, if you, you want a good uh, resource, check us out our website, www.blueoakinvest.com forward slash why real estate. You can download our passive investing guide for busy professionals. And you can also get access to some of our other great content like our podcast and our blog. If you want to connect with us directly, you can follow us both on LinkedIn. Both of us are very active there. Brian, what is your handle? At Brian Alfaro? And I'm at... On LinkedIn? At, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I'm at Cody Laughlin. I mean, but we're only two guys like that. So we're not that hard to find. But yeah, uh, yeah. Or you can email us at uh, Cody or Brian at blueoakinvest.com. Awesome. Yeah, we'll link all that content and all your personal contact information in the show notes along with your uh, social media handles, all that good stuff. Guys, as we're wrapping up, any parting piece of advice or maybe something I should have asked you that I didn't? Hey, dream big, stay disciplined, go crush it. That's I it. love it. Love it. Cody Laughlin, Brian Alfaro from Blue Oak Capital. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. Until next time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.